0: And I pray that he'll keep us true to his word because I have something new today, as I say every so often. I see something that I cannot find preached and uh, that will be coming at the end. I'll let you know when it's approaching so you can stop your ears like the, the ancient Jews with Stephen. And something else that's novel, I'm going to read today's passage and comment on it at the very beginning of, this, of the study for once. Acts 8, 4-8. through 8. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds, with one accord, paid attention to what was being said by Philip. When they heard him and saw the signs that he did... For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. A quick word, it said, in the city of Samaria, there was no city of Samaria at this time. There had been a city of Samaria, which had been the capital of Samaria. It had been destroyed rebuilt by Herod the Great and named uh, Sebaste after the Roman Emperor. So what they think here, they think that it actually does not say the city of Samaria, but a city in Samaria or a city of Samaria not the city of Samaria just a quick note there because I didn't write anywhere else down in my my sermon notes Last week, we saw in verses 1 through 3 what happened immediately after the murder of Stephen. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women, and put them in prison. Saul's persecution of the church in Jerusalem drove at least the Hellenistic Christians out of Jerusalem and into Judea and Samaria. Now, Judea was in the province, I mean Jerusalem was in the province of Judea. So it's not surprising that the Christians fled into the surrounding countryside of Judea, the the more rural areas. But Samaria, they also fled to the hated Samaritans. Now, I've talked about just why the Jews of Judea hated the Samaritans before, but today we'll look at not just the Samaritans, but all the provinces that made up the area that was settled by the Israelites close to 2,000 years before. You know that a pet peeve of mine is that I've been sitting in pews. Well, maybe I was crawling in the aisles at the beginning. But sitting in pews for most 70 years now, and there are things I've never heard. There are also, much more to my shame, things I've never considered to look up. Uh, We've got that both in the sermon today and in Sunday school later on. Things that I just take for granted. Now today I've got a bunch of history that I'm going to share. In the scriptures, we're all familiar with Judea. It's the capital of Jerusalem, and the temple was located in that city. It was was the center of Judaism. As such, much of the Old Testament, the Gospels, focuses on it and outlying towns of Judea, such as Bethany, Bethel, Emmaus, Bethlehem, Jericho. All Judean towns. Because it was the home of Jesus growing up, Galilee is also familiar. It's another province uh, with the towns of Nazareth, Cana, and Capernaum. Now, Samaria also shows up quite often, but always in the negative sense. But what you know I didn't pay much attention to is there's two other provinces. One of the provinces is not even named in scripture, and yet much of Jesus' teaching ministry was in this one province. The other province is mentioned, I believe, twice. It's called Decapolis. Very Greek area. Decapolis means ten cities. We don't know how many cities were in the province of Decapolis, actually. Somebody named ten, and then somebody named it. A different 10, and so we don't really know in the capitalists how many large cities were, but these two areas, when you see in Jesus' teaching ministry that he was oh, teaching and then crossed the sea to get away from the crowds, he was crossing over to these other two provinces. When it says that he had finished speaking and went to rest in the countryside. He was going to one of these two provinces. I said Decapolis was one of them. Perea, P-E-R-E-A, was the other. Perea is never mentioned in scripture. But we do know that he was going to those provinces because some of the cities in Perea are named that he went to. Now that I've done that off the top of my head, I'm going to have to find my place. Samaria had such a bad reputation in Judea that Jesus used its negative connotation. In Luke 10, 25-37, Jesus tells a parable to a lawyer who was trying to trick him. Verse 25 says, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. Anytime a lawyer is putting Jesus to the test, you know he's trying to trick him. There is... We say that in politics a lot. How do you know when somebody's lying? Well, they open their mouth. Anytime they're trying to put Jesus to the test, they are trying to trick him. Trust me on this. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test saying, Teacher, what shall I have to do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And remember, lawyers, what do they do? They read... The law, okay? Jesus says, what do you see in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But the lawyer, and I'm I'm editorializing here, this isn't a straight reading of scripture, but the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem, Jericho, and we wouldn't say it this way, but I want to point this out. Jericho is in the north. Okay, We give our directions north to south if I say I'm going down to San Diego that's one thing if I say I'm going down to Barstow well the only reason I'd say that is because I'm going down a mountain to get to Barstow that's exactly what happens here Jerusalem is the highest point on the highest point populated land in Jerusalem when he goes down to Jericho as we're speaking of here he's going down out of the high place of Jerusalem down to a lower place so just to keep you in mind what's going on here a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed leaving him half dead now by chance a priest was going down that road and What if? What if? And there's an if in here. What if a Samaritan acts kindly? You can tell what the society thinks of Samaritans in that Jesus asks, what if? But we'll see more about Jesus with uh, Samaritans a little bit. But what if a Samaritan acts kindly? Is he a neighbor to the righteous Jew? in that case and what about the Levite and the priest now Jews have hated the Samaritans for 1,000 years at this point now let's put that in perspective you know our country has been around closing in on 300 years for three times the length of that the Jews of Judea have hated the Samaritans When Solomon died in the mid-900s B.C., Israel broke apart as a nation. Judea was called the Southern Kingdom. It's in the very south of... uh, It goes down to a point down near Saudi Arabia. It's in the very south of what we call Israel today. Samaria was the Northern Kingdom. Okay, where does that leave Nazareth, which is north of Samaria? Well... Nazareth was Hicksville. It wasn't a kingdom. There was the northern kingdom and there was the southern kingdom. And then there were the other two provinces, which I've talked about here. Samaria, the northern kingdom, had nothing to do with Judea. They eventually built a competing temple and counterfeited the worship, sacrifices, and traditions of Solomon's Temple in Jerusalem. They started their own competing Judaism to go against Jerusalem. The Judean Jews held the Samaritans in their temp- uh, temple in utter contempt. A Jewish extra-biblical writing says that eating with a Samaritan is like eating pork. Okay? Okay? Eating with a Samaritan is like eating pork. The daughters of Samaritans were likewise said to be unclean. Okay, And that would be, to a Jew in Judea, ceremonially unclean. They were never going to get clean. It didn't matter what they did. The daughters of Samaritans were unclean. They were also accused of approving of abortion in extra-biblical writing. I just want to point that out to all the people who say, "Where in the Bible does it say that you know abortion is against God's law?" Despite all the things of child sacrifice, because abortion proponents do not consider today's abortions to be child sacrifice, I'll point that out. But the, te- the Samaritans were accused of approving of abortion. And that's another reason that the Jews detested them. In Luke 17, 11 through 18, Jesus meets 10 lepers. And it says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his voice, uh, face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Nine. Was no one found to return and get praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Jesus also did not consider Samaritans Jewish from this passage. Uh, he calls them foreigners. They started out together. They were all in one kingdom, but when it broke apart uh, 900 years before Jesus was born, they became foreigners. And the reason is this. The the big alienation began in the mid-700s BC because the Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom, the Samaritans, and deported them to Syria. what we call Syria now, but Assyria, They deported the leading people, just like is going to happen a little bit later to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They deported the leaders, the politicians, all the leading people of Samaria went and were exiled to Assyria. But unlike what was going to happen with the Jews in Jerusalem, the Assyrians imported a whole new population into Samaria and settled them there, so there were still some Samaritans left, but not the high-ranking ones, just the lower ones. And what happened over the years was there was intermarriage between the two, as we'll see happened in uh, in Jerusalem also, or as we've seen happened. But there's intermarriage, and the inner uh, the uh, the Gentiles who were moved in by the Assyrians begin to assimilate to the point. That they also are worshiping as Jews, but just as with the uh, uh, Jerusalem, uh, the Jews in Jerusalem, they bring in their pagan worship, and it's a synchronism between the le- the religions again. And the Jews hate it because remember it, it happened before it happened to the Jews in Judea, but these half breed. Jewish Samaritans were despised by the Hebrew Jews of Judea to the point that Jews would travel twice as far to Galilee to avoid going through Samaria. They did not want... You'll see Jesus in Samaria a lot. I think there's a reason for it. I'm going to point that out. In fact, that's part of the teaching that I haven't seen. But the Jews would go a different route to get from Judea Samaria. And this is what got me started down this path anyway because I said, well, then where did they go? Well, they went through Perea and Decapolis to get there. And to do that, they had to start their journey by going due east, not northeast, not in a vague direction towards. Nazareth, because that's where Samaria was. They went through Perea first by crossing over the Dead Sea or the River Jordan, the Jordan Valley, and heading up, because Perea bordered both Israel, Judea, and Samaria. Then Decapolis bordered Galilee, and they by traveling up that way, they would then cross the Sea of Galilee over into Nazareth or those areas. So they went far out of their way Uh, let me put it this way Jerusalem is 65 miles from Nazareth if you walk straight Um, one of the sites I was on was a backpacking site and they said well you can do it in two days You know, if if you've got good footwear and if you've got uh, good shoes and if you if you've got a good backpack and if you plan your trip out you can make it in two days well how long is that going to take somebody in Jesus' day at least double the time That's just me saying this. 65 miles, you're doing 15 miles a day, four days. But not if you go to Perea first. Perea is a two-day hike going this way. And then it's up through Decapolis, and then it's a two-day hike back the other way. So they're doubling their trip to simply stay out of Samaria. Suffice to say, the Jews did not like the Samaritans. Now, we have seen that the Samaritans had been Gentilized. They had intermarried with Gentiles. But here's the interesting thing. Samaria was the least Gentile province other than Judea. They were more Jewish by far than where Jesus grew up in Galilee. Galilee was the most Gentile province in Israel, even more Gentile than Decapolis or Perea and of those two areas they say there were almost no Jews living in that area. So where Jesus grew up in Galilee was a highly highly Gentile area, the which is well we'll get to that in a little bit. In Mark 5, 1 through 17, it relates this story of Jesus' ministry in Decapolis. And I'm bringing that up because, because it is mentioned. The, the word Decapolis, or in this one actually, it mentions a city in Decapolis. It says, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes and Ger- Gerasa, was a city in Decapolis. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had been often bound with shackles and chains, but he had wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles to pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. If you're like me, and you have wondered your whole life, what a herd of pigs was doing in Israel, which I have done, well, they weren't in Israel. They were in Decapolis, which was a Gentile Greek area. And they farmed pigs. Why didn't I know that? As I said, there were practically no Jews in the area, so pig farming was perfectly legal, and Jesus directed the demons into the unclean herd. Matthew 4.25 points out, And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Those are the two mentions of Decapolis in the Bible. All the ministry and miracles Jesus performed beyond the Jordan were done in the Gentile lands of Perea, and Decapolis. It was there that he found those who believed in him. Remember, he said that a prophet is not honored in his own town, in his own land. People across the Jordan in Perea and Decapolis followed him when those in Judea did not. So back to Philip in Samaria once again. Now, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. And when they heard him and saw the signs he did, for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. So Philip goes to Samaria and proclaimed Jesus Christ to them, which, and he did signs, which was largely at this point confined to the apostle, but he did signs and healings and cast out demons. But Philip called demons out of the possessed and healed the paralyzed and lame. Now, one has to wonder, maybe one does but I have to wonder why God sent Philip to the despised Samaritans. Why them? Okay, there was a persecution going on. So they went to to Judea in the countryside and they went to Samaria. Why did they go to Samaria? Why didn't they go across the river, across the sea, to areas that were friendly to them, to Perea and to Decapolis? When Jesus prophesies to them about the coming destruction of Jerusalem when he says when you see this sign when you see an army circling Jerusalem flee to the hills he was talking about Perea Jesus said when they come go to Perea and that's where the, of the Christians of Jerusalem went so why is Philip taking refuge in Samaria and that, that bothered me Jesus himself had more success in his ministry across the Jordan. In Luke 9, 51 through 56, Jesus leaves Galilee for Jerusalem for the last time. And now see, Jesus didn't take the long way around generally. He walked through Samaria. Okay? The Jews despised Samaria, but Jesus walked through it. The the first time that we have an account of is when when John the Baptist was beheaded. That was, by the way, in Perea. It was a city controlled by Herod. And that was in, in Perea. John was beheaded. When Jesus heard it, he went home to Nazareth. And he walked through Samaria at that time. Now at the end of his life, Jesus is walking back to Jerusalem. And as I said for the last time, it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, "Lord, do you want to tell us? Do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them?" Hmm. But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. Now, James and John had. <laughs> had the reaction that Jews would have towards Samaritan. Can we kill them now? Can we we bring down fire and burn them up? And Jesus rebukes them. Jesus and his disciples are rejected by a Samaritan village because he was headed for that hated city, Jerusalem. He had his eyes set on Jerusalem. So again, why Samaria? Here's John chapter 4. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. Well, he didn't have to pass through Samaria. He chose to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, Give me this water, so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you are now with is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Jesus announces his messiahship for the first time to first a woman, and second, to a Samaritan. Philip, the first evangelist, and by the way, he's the only person who is called by the title evangelist in the Bible. This is it. Philip the evangelist. Paul does say to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. So we know there were other evangelists, but Philip the evangelist, the first evangelist, went first to the lost in Samaria. Were these events a coincidence? Was it a coincidence that Jesus announced his Messiahship in Samaria to Samaritans? His disciples weren't there. He announced it to a Samaritan woman. And now Philip goes to Samaria as the first evangelist and the first preaching to to non-Jews, because that's what they were considered by the Jews. And is it a coincidence? Well, there are no coincidences with God. Really, and actually, by definition. I mean, nothing God does can be a coincidence, because he is the creator and the maker of all things and he knows everything that's going to happen before the foundations of the world it cannot be a coincidence and by the way this is my teaching <laughs> so you can discount this if you want samaritans were even more despised by jews than pagans why didn't why didn't philip go to the pagans the jew the samaritans were the most hated people in the world to, to the Jews. Samaritans had fallen away from Judaism a thousand years before and yet tried to maintain some semblance of the religion. They had intermarried and incorporated the pagan gods into their own worship. They sacrificed their children. In other words, they did everything that 200 years later the Jews in Judea would do in the Temple of Solomon. They did the exact same thing, but without the hypocrisy of the covering of the Solomon's Temple and the Aaronic Priesthood. They fell away first, but they didn't fall away last, and the Jews hated them. They were hated by the Jews because they were exactly the same. So why did Jesus and then Philip go to Samaria first? And you'll know that this church is not a um, dispensationalist church. I do not believe that the Jews are the chosen people of God any longer. That is for the church. The Apostle Paul agrees with me. Okay, I agree with the Apostle Paul. Uh, In in, um, Romans 11, he says, so I ask, did they... The Jews stumble in order that they might fall. No, by no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? And that's the full inclusion of the Jews. Now, I am speaking to you Gentiles. But you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, providing you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. Jesus and Philip both went to Samaria to graft in the longest fallen away Jews. People who two, 1,000 years previously left to worship, left the true worship of the one true God. And what happened? They believed. Philip goes and they believe. Acts eight eight. Eight six. The crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. They heard. Acts eight. 8. So there was much joy in that city. They heard and they believed and rejoiced. Samaritans had been grafted back into God's family. And, you know, all of them, the whole nation? No, obviously not. Not everyone will be found in God's kingdom But many in Samaria were, just as many Jews in Jerusalem, Judea, and Galilee did also. Now, next week, Philip the Evangelist will go to another pagan, one from Africa, an Ethiopian. The rest of Acts will see the Apostle Paul uh, change his spots. Well, that's not quite right. Um, But the rest of Acts will see the Apostle Paul change and take the gospel to the Gentile world, and as many as God chose, would be grafted into God's family tree. God showed through His grace to the Samaritans that no one is too apostatized. They were the most apostatized Jews there were. Too fallen or too sinful for the covering comfort of the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus came... For the salvation of the Samaritans. And for the salvation of all people. Of every tribe and nation. And that is the gospel. The good news. That Philip brought to Samaria. And that we bring to all the world still today. Let's close in prayer.